1: Marine Pelton is the co-founder and coach at Shift It Institute, a program that ignites consciousness to inspire human potential and creating paradigm shifts at both personal and institutional levels. Using a variety of holistic modalities in her coaching practice, Maureen inspires people to awaken their true nature, take responsibility for their lives, and revel in authenticity. She specializes in quantum neuro reset therapy, energy medicine, healthy relationships, nonviolent communication, leadership development, life purpose and passion, mindfulness skills, breath work, and guided imagery. Maureen has dedicated her life to shifting the consciousness of humanity and institutions. She's highly sought after consultant among entrepreneurs, tech leaders, and people on the path of awakening. Her clients describe her as a force of nature and absolute magic. Maureen's work as a change agent in Modern Mystic supports her clients to become fully alive, embodied, and sovereign. As a paradigm shifter, Maureen has pioneered courses, programs, and retreats for universities, healthcare systems, and corporations. I tracked Maureen down this summer after I listened to her on the Untangled podcast, where she discussed connecting the head and the heart. The episode served as hope for me that it was possible, and since then, we've formed a great friendship. Maureen, welcome to the one away
0: show.
2: Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, thanks for being here. For those that don't know, Maureen, I listened, Maureen, I think I told you this, I listened to a podcast you were on back in June about kind of connecting the head and the heart and living from a heart space. So, you know, your your words have uh been uh, with me on on a pretty, pretty long journey. So I want to just thank you for everything you you've done and the work that you do. So to dive in, uh Maureen, what what is the one-away moment that you want to share with us today?
2: Well, just kind of checking in, because there's been so many. <laughs> I think I think the one I would like to talk about today is the deep experience and knowing that I have, that I actually had a long time ago and have and been living my life in this space, is that I am an energetic being in physical form, having a human experience mm-hmm. and I am love that energy is unconditional love.
1: Mm.
0: Well, that is a great way to start the show. Uh, so let's, let's dive in there. Let's unpack that a little bit. Uh,
1: sure.
0: you said you had this knowing maybe from an early age, how did this come to you? How, how did you, when did you first experience uh, this or understand
2: this insight? Yeah, this, that's a really good question. When I was born, I um, had an interesting birth. And then as I was growing and moving through my human development, um, I always felt a connection. I never lost that connection. I always had a sense and a knowing of this energy, this God, this, whatever you want to call it, that was greater than me. Mm. And that connection really helped me actually to survive. And I, I have very clear memories from a very young age of being connected to that and praying. I mean, I was born into a Catholic family. So for the first 18 years of my life, I practiced Catholicism deeply because it's all I knew. And it was a way for me to stay connected to this energy that was greater than me. So that is that was my orientation to it in the beginning because like all of us from the moment we're conceived, we are being conditioned we are being entrained, you know, belief systems are being absorbed from those around us. And so that's, that's what I had in the beginning. But then when I I left the church, when I was 18 and I went looking around at other religions, because that is how in our culture, that's how we have this spiritual life, at least back then, that's what I believed. And I realized after exploring religion that religion wasn't for me, that I was a deeply spiritual person, and that religion was made by man. And I'm not criticizing anyone who is religion religious, but <clears throat> you know, religions are patriarchal and paternalistic and um and in many ways they separate us from our own connection within to something greater than ourselves. So i I then left the church, explored, became even more deeply spiritual. Um, and then I had a spontaneous mystical experience when I was 21. And when I mean spontaneous mystical experience, there were no drugs involved. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that really affirmed what I knew, mm-hmm. you know, that wow. we are love and we are energy and we are here to be love.
0: Wow. So I, I want to hear about the mystical experience that maybe affirmed this belief, but I, I want to also back up to maybe leaving the church. I have to imagine that, that was that could have been extremely hard or a hard transition uh, maybe into the abyss, so to speak, of what what's next. Can you maybe describe that that period of your life and that search to maybe find what was right for you?
2: It, yes. Um it really wasn't that hard. And um, I think the to leave the church and to explore, and to find my own way, um, because I did have this energy, this love guiding me, and I really listened internally, and I think the part that was hard was for my friends and family, because, you know, they are Catholic, my family, right, and, um, and my, you know, my friends knew me as someone who was deeply involved in the church. In fact, my mom, I'm actually named after a friend of my mom who was a mother Mm. superior. Mm. And my mother actually, when I was in college, um, had me meet a nun because she was thinking I might want to be a nun because I was so spiritual. She didn't understand, right? Mm. Um, But I, you know, I think what happened was I was 18. I had gone to college. I'd started to get involved in the Catholic church on my campus. And I just had this knowing that, This was not, um, again, it was patriarchal, patriarchal and paternalistic, and there was this hierarchy, and I just couldn't do it anymore. And I remember going to my parents and saying, why are you Catholic? And they said, oh, because my parents were, their parents were Catholic. Well, why were they Catholic? Well, because their parents were Catholic. And I said, "I'm Catholic because I was born into a system that was Catholic. That doesn't mean it's my system or my belief." And um, mm. and 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 that's really the turning point for me because I I knew we we're you know I told you like I said we we're conditioned into belief systems and I thought I'm in this belief system because that what what was fed to me could I go look myself and see what really resonates for me. Mm
0: yeah i mean what a coming of age moment though right when you can you can start to look in and question kind of how you were raised and why mm-hmm. you were raised and then challenge perhaps the, the people you've looked up to your whole life uh to guide you and say you know i need to form my own opinions and my own thoughts and uh and, and good for you that's courageous and brave uh you know we we'll want to touch on this deeper knowing as well and and we we'll get to this mystical experience that maybe affirms the journey. Uh, you talk about having this deeper knowing and maybe being able to really tune in uh, to things. How, is, how would you describe that to someone who says, you know, Maureen, how, how do I do that too? How do I tap in and maybe know myself? What does that take? Or is that just something you think you're actually gifted with or a combination of the two?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question because I I think it's both. Um, you know, I was born into a family, there's four children in this family, and I'm the only one who challenged, questioned, you know, went into what is what is actually supposed to be our part of our human development in our 20s where we question everything and find our own truth. My siblings did not do that. They're still repeating programming and patterns that my parents set in place and culture and religion and everything but my dad he likes to joke and say my first word was why and he's not saying that as a compliment he is that is a criticism (laughs) Mm. because I questioned everything from the beginning I didn't just absorb it all I didn't just drink it in from a very very young age I was Mm. like what why that doesn't make sense So in some ways, I do think I came in really trusting my internal compass. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't mean I didn't get conditioned because I did. And I've had to work through all that. But I think it's a both and like I came in that way. And I because partly too because of my education, you know, I'm a social scientist. I learned the question, and I learned to look more deeply. and i I really understand human development. And we are missing. I can't stress this enough. We talk about infant development, we talk about childhood development, we talk about adolescent development, and it's all true and there's a lot of research, and it's all great. But the I think, the most important development, we don't talk about, which is adult development, like what we're supposed to be doing as adults to continue to evolve and become conscious and develop. Mm -hmm. And our 20s, my kids are in them right now. Our 20s are meant for us to really separate from our family of origin belief systems and our church and schools and culture and really look deeply at those things and see if they're true for us. And some of them may be, but a lot probably isn't. So what is your internal compass? This is our 20s. Like, what is our internal compass telling us that's true for us? And can we trust that? And if we are love, which I do believe we are, if we are love, then we love ourselves enough and we love ourselves unconditionally and deeply to trust and listen and explore and know and in my family, they're good people, but they were, they were not unconditionally loving. Mm. So I even had to start to experiment with what is unconditional love. Wow. I don't think there's a lot of of that in our world. There's so much conditional love. Sure.
0: Absolutely. You're hitting, you're hitting home. And I, I want to acknowledge what you said about maybe the 20s and child development. I'm funny, I'm reading a book right now, it's called New People Making and it's on like childhood development, Um a lot there. But, it, but I, and I read a book a couple of years ago called The Defining Decade on 20s. And anyways, I, I'm fascinated by development, some maybe similar to you. And, um, and so I, I resonate a lot with this maybe period in your 20s to to break the chains of your parents and belief systems. so my question for you ironically is you have you have two kids right three three Three. okay three kids so how do you as a parent right maybe raise your kids in this Mm -hmm. way right Mm -hmm. when you have your belief patterns and systems that are fairly ingrained i think a very beautiful way but then at the same time you know how do what do you say to your kids who maybe are you're encouraging them to take a similar journey? Agree, yep. not agree. I'm just yep. hard? what's it like as a parent?
2: Well, I I'm so grateful that you answered this asked me this question because I could talk about this forever. This is such a passion of mine. Um, I I have one biological daughter who's 27. And then I have two stepkids who are 26 and 28, almost 29. And they, my stepkids came into my life, um, when they were, uh, let's see, like 11 and 13. Okay. So I raised my daughter very consciously, like just to begin with, I didn't, I didn't even want kids until I was about 30. And then I realized that I wanted to have a child Because I had something to give to the child. I had done so much of my own work that I could create a space to raise a healthy member of our tribe and really parented in a very different way. And that is not how my stepchildren came into the world. And I've worked with thousands of people and so many people have children because they think they should, or their parents want them, or their partner wants them, or or they want children to fill a need of their own. So a lot of parenting that I see is all about this little object they have and they project onto it and they think they know what's best for it, very much like I was raised. And how I raised my daughter was in this way. I loved her unconditionally. I gave her the tools and resources I could to reach her highest potential. And then I got out of the way. So every day was an unfolding with my daughter. Who are you? What do you want? How do you want to be in the world? And just one example of that was, you know, she's very athletic because we are in my family system and um she was involved in different things and and she came to me when she was young and she said I want to I want to do karate I want a black belt I'm like where the heck is that coming from (laughs) like what um however her biological father is part Chinese so I'm thinking oh maybe it's in her genetics so I said all right if you want to do this let's do it but you're going to have to give up I mean it's going to take a lot of time you're going to have to choose to give up something else you know, so she gave up gymnastics, which was fine. And she did this. And for six days a week, for several years, I took her to karate and she has a black belt. Like, I thought this is a fad. She'll go do this. She'll give it up. Like I, I was, but no, like, like she was clear and I supported that. When she went off to, you know, when she chose which high school she wanted to go to, she chose what college, she chose chose every day I'm blown away. I'm like, you're doing what? Like, I just let her be who she is. And she is a deeply grounded, secure, capable young woman who's doing amazing things in her world. And then I have my stepkids who I love and adore. And when they came into my life, I felt like I was in the social science lab because they were deeply conditioned by both their parents. And um, my husband left his marriage and um, was doing his own work when I met him. And he wanted to be a different parent. He knew he was limited. So he started showing up differently for them. And we started showing up differently for them and they started really having to explore what you know what they absorbed and we've continued to support them in doing that and they have evolved now into amazing young humans because they're given permission to come up against their belief systems and break through them and my husband has apologized and repaired their relationships and been a different parent So I do think it's possible to parent differently. And I'll never forget when my daughter was three, I know Jon Kabat-Zinn. I don't know if you know who he is, but he created Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, um, MBSR. Um, He's a leader in the mindfulness field. Him and his wife wrote a book called Mindful Parenting when my daughter was three. And I went to see them and I sat in there training in San Francisco. It was an all day training for parents. And I just cried through the whole thing because I saw two people who actually knew what I did and how I was as a parent and they're older than me and they parented in that way. And I knew I wasn't alone anymore because I was very much alone. I didn't know any parents like me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know really any today, actually. Um, it's a very different orientation to parenting and it's worth it Um, because who these young people become is amazing. And Mm -hmm. I, I look at my siblings who like I said, are in their same pattern. They had children, they're, they're raising their children and their children are all struggling, really struggling.
0: So I, I love what you said. If <laughs> you told me we we're going to start this conversation about parenting, i said you're crazy, but I guess we're, we're letting it naturally unfold. Uh, yeah, I love what you said about y- you weren't just kind of checking the box of I'm ready to bring a kid into the world or something that's fulfilling a need that you had. It's a, right. I could create a space healthy enough
2: mm-hmm.
0: to bring someone into the world and then parent them in a way where they could be conscious and aware Mm-hmm. And let them decide maybe uh what was right. And you you kind of broke broke the cycle of your yeah. own family. Yeah.
1: Um
0: and so I I it's that's really um powerful uh speaks to me um as of late. Uh so you said I, I wanna I'll come back to mystical experience. One more question. Yeah. You you said <laughs> you said your uh, siblings kids are struggling
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you're maybe how you have raised your kids, with kids with Charlie and uh, yeah. your own daughter, maybe maybe you say they're flourishing. But like, what what would you say the difference is? How would you define the struggle that they had? Because I'm sure your kids struggled too. It's maybe just a different kind of struggle.
2: Well, yeah, no, my children were allowed to struggle, right? And they learned that they were capable, mm. and they faced the world with a lot of strengths, but knowing their limitations and really asking for help. Like my daughter is dyslexic. Mm -hmm. And so she went to college and she graduated magnum cum laude, but that's because she went to the resource center and got support and knew how to ask her professors for what she needed um, and worked hard, but just knew. Whereas my nieces and nephews, and this is really painful for me because I love my siblings and my nieces and nephews, but they—they they have one of them has depression and flunked out of college, and he's really smart. Um, he was able to finish school, but he, he flunked out because he just didn't have the skills and abilities. I mean, lots of kids are depressed in college, but they get through it. I have another uh, niece who's got extreme anxiety. Um, they—they weren't—they weren't allowed. They were conditioned into and projected upon to be something that their parents wanted them to be. And when you do that, there's a, dis- there's dissonance and they mm. struggle and they were coddled and they don't know how to like really show up for themselves. Mm. And that's really, really painful for me to watch. And, totally. and my stepkids were in that place when I came into their lives and, um, and they've moved through all that. They've moved, I mean, mm-hmm. and they've done a lot of work. They've gotten a lot of support. Um, you know, we're open to, I mean, therapy and alternative modality. I mean, you know, we, we've we provided them lots of resources to get through stuff. Yeah. My My siblings won't do that for their kids because they don't understand what's happening. They just see it as like, oh, something's wrong with them.
0: yeah that's uh, i'm sure i mean given how aware you are i bet that's very painful it's painful it's really painful uh and it sounds like you're saying too not to draw cause and effect but or effect and cause but by the way they've parented Mm -hmm. and maybe coddled or controlled or maybe had this object and wanted to shape it versus giving them the tools to shape themselves they've been inhibited by more depression and anxiety because you know, that they're supposed to be something, but maybe they're meant for something different or more. Right. Exactly.
2: And that's what I see so much of
0: anyways. Fascinating. Fascinating. Well, appreciate, appreciate the tangent. Maybe we'll come back to this. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's, so let's go back to where we started. So you, you, you broke away from Catholicism. Uh, you came into your own self and in a way and found your deeply spiritual side in a deeper way and then you said you had this mystical moment at, at 21 where you realized unconditional love tell me more what that meant What this experience it, yeah. yeah
2: um so I needed to have back surgery I was born with um both a reproductive and a um spinal um anomaly. So I needed to have back surgery. And before the surgery, you know, the the doctor came in and said, um, you may not wake up. You may be paralyzed. You may have an indwelling catheter." I mean, he was giving me all the things that could happen, which I really appreciated. And so then he left and I uh, was in the hospital room and I was going to be awoken at 630 in the morning to go into surgery And so I was a deeply spiritual person, right? 21. So I started to pray, right? I started to pray and I was setting an intention and I surrendered. Now, this is really hard for people to understand unless you've had the experience. Um, I mean, intellectually, you can understand, but, but I literally, literally surrendered to something greater than me and said, I'm okay. If I don't wake up, I'm okay. If I'm paralyzed, I'm like, I am not in charge. I am not in control. I have choice. I have choice to have the surgery. That is my control. I can choose to have it or not to have it. That's the only control I have. That's it. And I'm choosing to have it. So I surrendered to whatever is and whatever happens. And when I did that, I dissolved into something, nothing, everything. I didn't know what was happening at the time. Stanislav Groff describes it as a spontaneous mystical experience, but I no longer existed. and it, And it wasn't that I was in the oneness. It was in, I was in something I would call dynamic stillness, unconditional love, something beyond duality and even beyond paradox. And I was there and I got a teaching. I got a downloading. I got information about unconditional love and um, being an energetic being, and you know, I, I don't even know. I can't describe it all. And and then and then all of a sudden, I'm back in my hospital bed, in pure joy, weeping, ecstatic joy, bliss, love, like wow. And then I went to sleep. And then they woke me up and I was still there. I was still in that place. And they're wheeling me into surgery. And they're like, Are you on drugs? Because I was in ecstatic joy. And I said, No, I'm not on drugs. And they're like, nobody comes into surgery like this. And I'm like, oh, I do. Um, and I came out of the surgery in this ecstatic joy and recovered quickly and miraculously, better than they thought. And then, and then since then, um, I live in this ecstatic joy and love and um, and have lots of experiences. Now I, I know how to get myself to that place through meditation and intention. And every time I'm put under, because I had my C-section and I've had a, at my age, I've had a colonoscopy. This is what happens. I come out of it in this place. And just a couple of years ago, when I had my colonoscopy, I came out of it in this ecstatic place and, and the nurses didn't know what to do. And, um, and then I was leaving with my husband and I was walking through the, the waiting room where lots of people were there to get their colonoscopies. And I'm laughing joyfully, ecstatically, just pure love. And, and the people in the waiting room are like, I want what she has. Like, I want, I want what she got. <laughs> And, and it stays with me, you know, it, it, it comes down some because I have to operate, but it is this, this knowing that this is not it. Like I have this physical form. I am having a human experience. I am here to have an impact, but that is, that's not what this, who I am or what this is about. I am just pure, unconditional, static joy and love.
0: Wow. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh,
0: so to talk about uh the colonoscopy, I I have wow. to get them every few years just because we have a gene, and I oh. wish, I wish uh, I'm okay, I'm we're fine, but yeah. I wish I came out of those or went into those <laughs> with pure joy and happiness. So I want what you have too, um, or maybe I'm just not had the wisdom to appreciate it. Um, so. Wow, very interesting on the surrender part and maybe yeah. just letting go. Uh, I think in this type A Western driven world, uh that is uh something many struggle with. So to to maybe have that experience uh yeah. young. And do you just a question and maybe an insight, giving your yeah. maybe spiritual journey, like going into that experience, did you have uh did you were you reading things around that time? Were you in conversations with people, or it just kind of happened, and then that maybe led you to to deeper insights to ask why? Uh, I you, you were able to experience that.
2: No, I I'd not. I mean, like I said, from eighteen to twenty one, I had been exploring religions, so I I had some different orientations, and I believed in past lives. I mean, I had a belief that we that already that we weren't just this physical form but Mm -hmm. I remember I always felt the connection to something greater than me so that's all I had but coming out of this experience I was really confused like I was confused before you know like but I was really confused about what happened so instead of going to law school which I had planned I went to graduate school so I could start to really study human development psychology sociology all of that and I started exploring all kinds of different things and, you know, breath work, meditation, yoga. I started, yo. Know, I was, I was doing yoga when it was yoga, <laughs> not Westernized yoga um, but because it was 38 years ago. But um, I really started, that is when I really started to explore because I needed a context for what happened to me. And, you know, I, I was um, involved for many years. I went, I went to Wisconsin, Richie Davidson is at Wisconsin. He is his holiness, the Dalai Lama's scientist. That's been studying neuroscientists, studying the brain and compassion and meditation. And I've, I've been, you know, in Dharamsala with His holiness. And I, and I learned that, that that Buddhists spend years meditating and preparing to get to where I got spontaneously. And I've learned, Yeah. I've learned, you know, Stanzoff Groff. I don't know if you know who he is, but he is, he was the like leading, uh, one of the leading um, researchers around psychedelics. And then it all got shut down. And then he went to Esalen and, and created holotropic breathwork. So I, I know you can get to this space through deep meditation for many years. And I know you can get to this space through holotropic breathwork. And I know you can get to this space using psychedelics. I mean, I know that. Um, because those are, those things done right, done well, um, help you to surrender and get to this place. I just did it spontaneously for whatever reason and can do it just through setting intention and, and, and going into that place. But what it really is, and I've tried to teach this. I did. I taught for a long time. It is surrender and it is so difficult for our egos to surrender you know, it's really, really difficult to let go. And for some reason I was able to do it. Wow. And I really thank the doctor because I think him being so honest with me, <laughs> I don't need to do it. But you you have to let go of everything. Yeah. And it's just really hard for the ego to do.
0: Totally. I mean, and, that, and that's incredibly powerful uh, for you to have experience. I mean, the fact that you said that it takes people many years through meditation, Psychedelics, whole tropic breath work, right? Like, you, you got there so quickly, is is fascinating. And you said something earlier about um, past lives, uh, right? If you, you read the book "Many Lives, Many Masters," oh yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, well, not not shocked here, <laughs>
2: yeah. um,
0: But I went. I just wonder, you know, you say you came out. You said your dad's first words were asking why. You know, right. <laughs> if you almost came in maybe with a soul yeah. that was maybe a bit more evolved, yeah. You know, for those listening, right? Let's just say those in their 20s or yeah. their core audience that's pretty ambitious. Uh, how do you consistently let go? Like what I mean, it's it's one thing to let go and surrender to you know, circumstance mm-hmm. A, but like how do you
2: practice that daily throughout your life? The bottom line is trust and trusting, trusting yourself, trusting something greater than yourself. And I think the challenge in my work and in my research and all the work that I've done, how I I can best like loop that back is if you are raised, which very few are, but if you're raised to really trust what you know, to really trust your experience, then you have that trust, right? Mm. And you're able to just, trust and it gets easier and easier and easier. However, when we're, we're entrained and we're conditioned as, you know, objects and, and little people that are a reflection of our parents and our parents are, you know, I, I don't want to like, they're good people. They don't mean to do this. It's not malicious that they, they, it happened to them. It's the conditioning But every time as a child, you're talked out of your experience or your experience is diminished, or you're not allowed to feel what you feel, you start to disconnect from that trust. You don't trust yourself. I mean, the work for your 20 somethings or or whatever age, the real work is to go inward and trust yourself. And sometimes you'll, you'll be wrong. And I put that in quotation marks, but more than anything, it's to trust yourself. That's unconditional love. Like yeah. trust yourself what you know what you experience what you're being drawn to like like the karate thing with my daughter where did that come from i don't know i trusted it i yeah. trusted it and she learned to trust what she knew mm. right wow Powerful. so that that piece of trust and and like i will say one other thing when i got when i got divorced i let go of everything everything except my daughter i mean she she was but i mean i i gave up i let go i walked away from Everything. And I'm not saying it wasn't scary, but I did. And it was, you know, it was challenging those initial years when I was a single mom, but I had faith, and I trusted, and I knew. And I knew that I didn't want my daughter to be witnessing the type of relationship I had with my ex-husband, who is a good person. Um I just, you know, he has his limitations. But then what ended up up happening is my current husband came into my life and it is sacred union. It is divine. Like I could never have had this had I not walked away from my first marriage. And what we have is amazing. It's mind blowing. And I mean, people tell us that, but it's because I had the faith and the trust and he did too, to let go. Wow, wow. And and allow something greater to happen.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's funny, you, you, well, not funny, you, you bring that up and you clearly just, you, you can just tell the, the passion and truth behind your, your statement. When I was on your website in summer, I I noticed that immediately, right? Just like the connection you guys shared. I mean, most, most people don't talk about that in the right. professional sense. And you were out there saying, this is who we are. And I just, I, I admired that. In a, in a deep way. Uh, just for the audience is like how, how did you meet Charlie? I mean,
2: what? Our kids, both, our kids went um, to, a, they they're both, all three kids were in a private Montessori school. So um, my daughter was with his son. They do first, second, and third grade together. So my daughter was with his son one year. And then the next year she went to fourth grade and he, she was in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade with his daughter. And she loved his children. And they loved her. Oh, wow. So coming together, it was a few years later we came together. But coming together, the kids were just oh wow, amazing and easy. And they're so he adopted my daughter, and um, and our daughters live together in New York, and they have such a strong the three of them. It was just easy. Wow,
0: wow, so yeah. so special. Wow. Yes, so and
2: good. then. And then my husband and I started working together, which, you know, that we, in the beginning, he was the CEO of an ideation company and I I was doing my thing, but eventually we started working together. And so now we even work together, which is awesome.
0: <laughs> totally. And I want I want to dive into that a bit. Um, and I, I just want to tap on one more question and then we can, I would love yeah. to share more about your guys' careers, which I think are, are pretty fascinating as well. What, uh, you said, trusting is unconditional love. Can you yeah. just for the audience to say, can you maybe give some definition to that and what you mean by, by that?
2: Right. What, what I mean is trusting yourself is unconditional love. You know, unconditional love is all in, right? And even when we make mistakes, even when we hit our limitations, even when it's messy <laughs> and it can get really messy, we love ourselves unconditionally and we trust. So that, that, that inner wisdom, that intrinsic wholeness, that intuition that we all have. When we stay connected to that, it is unconditional love, and then we can trust ourselves. And it's then we know who we can trust outside of ourselves, and it's that commitment to to trusting that, to trusting what we deeply know and where we resonate. And I'm saying sometimes it can be messy, but really that commitment to like. I would even say with my siblings and my nieces and nephews, I love them unconditionally and so much that I will not participate in their pathology and patterns. I will set clear boundaries with them around those because I love them too much to engage in that. Just like with myself, I love myself way too much to lie to myself or be in destructive patterns or play games or manipulate I just trust what I know.
0: Yeah. No, I really appreciate you clarifying the uh the context on and it's like you I love what you said about loving yourself so much. Uh you're not gonna put yourself in harmful situations mm-hmm. or you're not gonna broach topics with family members that maybe are going to be destructive for both sides because they probably will never be able to see what you can see because they're not evolved in the way you are. So well, well said. And thank you for, for clarifying. So let's, you know, I know we've been bouncing around and it's been pretty organic. So, you know, thanks for kind of rolling the roller, riding the roller coaster with me. (laughs) Uh, I would love to, you know, for you to share, you know, a little bit more about your professional work and your career, which seems so alive and, connected to who you are as a person, uh, it would just feel free to answer how you'd like, you know, I know you're probably do a lot of different things, but what, whatever calls to you at this right. moment.
2: Yeah, I would say, so professionally, I would say as I am personally, I'm a wanderer. So I've taught at university, I've worked in the healthcare system, I've, I've worked in the corporate world. Um, I've, I've done a lot of, I am a licensed psychotherapist, but I've never practiced traditional psychotherapy. I'm trained in a lot of modalities. I've done a lot of coaching, but really where, where we landed in my husband's a Harvard edu- you know Harvard MBA guy who was, was running a ideation company. Um, and I'm a social scientist where we landed was. I, like I said, I was involved with His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Richie Davidson and the Mind and Life Institute. And I landed in this place 10 years ago where I was like, wait a minute, we have all this science around compassion and meditation and neuroscience and plasticity. Like we need to get this out to the masses. There's like 25, 30 years of, of science around this. And my husband was leaving his job because the company had been sold. And he's like, what do I want to do next and. I got him involved in mind and life. And then a couple of wonderful men, Scott Krins, Jeff Walker, and Austin Hurst, who are all meditators and a part of mind and life, approached my husband and said, you know, let's see if there's anything out there to invest in and bring to the masses around kindness, compassion, spirituality, meditation. So they found Headspace 10 years ago. They were the first investors. And since then, we've invested in 22 companies. And our, our intention is, and, and we have now 12 partners, I think. So we're a collaborative. My husband's the managing director. Um, but we invest in companies that are trying to raise consciousness, improve human flourishing, shift the mental well being, mental health space, and really have an impact in the world. And yes, of course, you know, we want them to be viable companies and have some return on our investment, but really our intention is more to have an impact in the world. Um, And we have, I mean, Insight Timer is one of our investments, the Muse, Neurofeedback. We've gotten involved in um, Paratherapeutics, which is a digital therapeutics, Happify. All of these companies are bringing a new way of connecting to ourselves taking care of ourselves, managing our whole person health. Um, And and they're all still viable and they're all, um, it's just exciting. They're all having major impact in the world and people are gaining tools and resources to really do what I call adult development well (laughs) (laughs) and have their experiences and we just have a lot of fun. I love working with entrepreneurs. I love work. You know, I love all of our, our the investment team. Um, my husband just left today to go to New York to the Horizons Conference on psychedelics. We're we're looking at the ecosystem around psychedelics. How do we move this forward uh, with the proper set and setting, and people really um, benefiting from from plant medicines, um, not just you know having journeys or experiences or you know like really how do we shift how do we how do we help people so they don't need the plant medicines <laughs> yeah. um so we've been involved in that and we're just looking at trauma and just going deeper like how do we go deeper and how yeah. do we invite humanity to do that
0: i love that i mean what a conscious way to go about building a career and and kind of looking at these portfolio of investments of how do we if they're successful, right? They're gonna impact right. masses in their own you know in their own mm-hmm. ability to develop awareness and unfold and go through their own adult development. So a question that has maybe another question within it. so within maybe the portfolio or maybe just what you're seeing in the landscape what what to, if you can pick one or two uh, what innovation is happening right now and in, in your space that, Maybe gives you the most excitement. Mm-hmm. So that's on one end. And on the other end, maybe what is not maybe being innovated on that you would love to see um, maybe problems, you know, entrepreneurs would work on, you know, mm-hmm. for you to invest yeah.
2: in. So. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to name two, although yeah. I, I love them all, but okay. ha- <laughs> Happify, Happify. Health, Happify Health, Happify.com they're really creating a new mental health system a new mental well-being system and they're and they're partnering with um pharmaceutical companies so that um you can use meditation and positive psychology and and games actually to diminish the need for the medication and to really um it's i mean uh, there's something called digital therapeutics which is what they're part of which is using technology to treat conditions not just medications or instead of medications so that's exciting to me and paratherapeutics which is going public this month has been doing um that's all they do is use games to to address conditions mm. so that's exciting to me i mean i know medication is appropriate at times but you know the pharmaceutical world has kind of we won't even go there um The other one that I'm really excited about is a company called true love and their Brie code is the um, founder CEO. They're out of Canada. She, she was a leading gamer um, developer Mm -hmm. woman who realized that games are developed for fight or flight um, which, which doesn't is not attractive to everyone and can actually be harmful. And she realized that there we could develop games um, out of tend and befriend and um, help increase oxytocin, rather than cortisol and adrenaline. So we invested in her, and and we just had a meeting with her last week. She's doing amazing work around um, bringing these apps and a platform. Um, really to be in unconditional love and to be in tend and befriend and to kind of move into this web three that we're moving into where um, it's all about community and everyone thriving and benefit. I mean, I'm so excited about true love. Um, and so where, where do we need to go? Where, If you're an entrepreneur out there, what are we needing? Well, we are needing and we are looking for applications, platforms, technologies, that help people go deeper, that, that, you know, really invite us to go deeper um, into deeper levels of consciousness, into deeper connection to self, into deeper connection to others. Um, we, We also have a company that's about social wellness, that's a big field coming up. Um, I see because so many people have been meditating and changing and evolving, but now they're really looking for that deeper connection. And how do we have that, you know, how do we have that deeper connection? Um, so that's a big one. I think, um, what is, you know, what is, what is collaboration and compassion and, and what is that web three or metaverse out there that, isn't in the dominant suppression model of the patriarchy, but really in that nurturing, collaborative, um, uh, evolving, innovative space.
0: Totally. Well, I love your love your insights, and just real quick, I want to jump to what you said at the end. True love. Do they measure? So you said it's not fight or flight, but maybe is it, they measured the games and how that impacts the human with like biofeedback sensors? How how do they I'm just curious the technical nature of how they design the games or.
2: Well, they're, they're, they're very early. They're early. We're, we're typically series a investors, but then we find these that that we really love that are earlier. So they're <laughs> earlier. So they're in that process. Okay, You know, their, their um, product right now is hashtag self care. Okay? okay. And that is a game that, um, they have, I they I don't know how many users they have, but they haven't even marketed it yet. So they're still in the um, innovation stage, the imagining yeah. stage, and starting to right. So that's all happening.
0: Uh, very cool, very cool. Well, I love what you said too. You know, it's where things are going in the metaverse community, Web three community. Uh, it's, it is fascinating. You're right, and it's creating this way for everyone to play if done right. 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 We're all, we're, we're all learning <laughs> um, right. <laughs> the limitations, but also the, you know, things are much different than maybe how people succeeded on web two. Right. Uh, and so that's very exciting. And also just like your point about people, you want to find the companies that are the people that want to go deeper mm-hmm. inward and mm-hmm. create innovations around that um, to right. drive that greater awareness. And so I think that's just uh beautiful kind of message. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I, I'll tell you, well, I'll just tell you now, I wrote this piece on like presence, like the short piece. Mm -hmm. This guy reached out to me from uh, Claremont colleges. It's more liberal arts. And he's like, I want you to expand on this because I think it would really help entrepreneurs because most don't think in this way they are so type A and they are so, you know, trying to control. Um, And so I actually think that, um, not think my, my sense tells me that just the more, you know, you're, you're getting in front of people with your work, the more, not only you're going to help just entrepreneurs, but maybe help entrepreneurs think about as they do the work, think about ideas where they can innovate in the space and realize how, how valuable this journey is for them. So I I just want to go ahead. Can
2: I ask, was it Jeremy Hunter
0: that Uh, reached out to you? So, So Miles Bird uh, runs the um, he's he's building a VC fund to invest other Claremont entrepreneurs and his partner. So Miles is a good friend from Cairo. Stays when I ran their community and then his partner Josh, I'm big developed a friendship with and he said, "Hey, I think this would be really interesting." So um, happy to. Make, make well, me. no,
2: but no, because Jeremy Hunter's at Claremont, he runs the Drucker, he's part of the Drucker MBA program there, and he is deeply passionate. Interesting. Um, yeah, so, sure. and he's a dear friend, but anyway, okay. yeah.
0: Well, you have to ask him if he knows mine. I will, team. I will.
2: But um, I, also, I also wanted to add, because I, I didn't say this, and I think this is an important piece, in our work. Our our partners, like I said, we're up to twelve now. They have to be doing their own work. We have turned away mm. partners because they're not doing their own work. And with wow. our entrepreneurs, we assess the the investment. Part of it is are the is the founder, is the entrepreneur, even is the team doing their own inner work. And we have we have not invested in in startups because wow. they're not doing their own work. So I just want to stress that all of this. <laughs> The investors, us, the the entrepreneurs, we're all committed to doing our own work first and foremost. And, and I think it has to be that way. And it is about presence. <laughs> but it but it's also about um we can't we can't take people where we haven't been.
0: Right. You can't give away what you don't have. Right love it no i i think it's powerful right you're living your values out uh with how you make decisions externally not just for profit and uh you know will lead to great long-term outcomes i'm sure uh maureen this has been a joy uh a a treat to do this thank you for making the time uh people wanted to reach out find you you know explore your work further where would you send them
2: um uh, good question. I've had a blast too. Thank you. I really did. This was really fun. Um, our website is shiftit.com, shiftit.com. and the investor website is, um, B uh, with bridge builders collaborative. So it's bbcollaborative.com. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn, Marine Pelton. And my husband is too, Charlie Hartwell. Um, so any of those places.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks for making time and excited to share this.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Brian. (laughs)
0: episode as much as i did i hope you leave a review on the platform of your choice and share it with a friend who you think would find it valuable if you'd like to receive a written newsletter and thought leadership head on over to bwmissions.com newsletter and subscribe see you on the next show